In the ancient book of the EFL, it tells of a quest for gold and glory, how a clever Cooper led the way for Nottingham's finest, and how they celebrated from Market Square to the Lace Market, from Sherwood Forest to the site of the legendary nightclub Ocean. In other words, Nottingham Forest won the playoff final in the championship, but who'll win it this year and who'll thrive in Leagues 1 and 2. This is New Season Only Better. Well, I'm Kevin Hatchard, your host for this show, and I'm delighted to say back from a long trip to Australia where he's been no doubt annoying his family by perfecting his ratings for the Swiss Challenge League when he was supposed to be relaxing. It's our very own Crocodile Dundee, Mark O'Hare. How are you, Mark? I'm good, thanks, Kev. Yeah, looking forward to the season now. Um, I had a, a bit of a break through the summer. Did uh, you? Uh, I did, to a certain degree. Yeah, I tried not to watch too much football, but um, yeah, I think as soon as July comes around, it turns to anti-post time, trying to pick out your, your league winners and, and teams <laughs> the you relegated. most Marco Hairson. <laughs> and in fairness, I'd, I'd kind of scratched out a few of them from March, April time. I had an idea of who I probably wanted to be with. So yeah, it's all kind of culminating in this week leading towards the, the start of the new season. If we look at the championship first, Norwich, the favourites to continue their yo-yo act and win the championship. Dean Smith's won promotion to the Premier League with Aston Villa before. Are Norwich well-placed to do it again, do you think? Uh, history would suggest so, yes. Um, four of the last six anti-post favourites have, have hacked up and won the title, including Norwich, of course. Um, but I don't know whether it's just me thinking it's, it's probably a lazy assumption to assume that Norwich will just you know, reel out and, and kind of roll again and, and kind of win the league at a canter. They do have a fantastic squad. Obviously, Dean Smith is, is there. Whether he's a safe manager or a more of an adventurous coach to get the best out of that squad, I'm not so sure. But obviously, as well, I think it's worth bearing in mind that the last time Norwich were in the championship, Emmy Buendia was around. And he, I think, had 30 goal involvements during their title winning campaign. Now, Milot Rzitska, we didn't see the best of him in the Premier League. So we haven't seen the best of him for about three years, to be honest. <laughs> That's very true. Um, he has the ability to step up and fulfil that role, for sure. Uh, and Norwich will probably be in contention for the top two, definitely in the top six. I think um, six of the last seven favourites in the Championship have finished in the top six. Stoke the ones to miss out. Um, but, uh, yeah, whether I want to back them at 5.5 or not, I I'm not so sure. I think other teams are potentially better placed and, and better priced. Now, we broke hearts across Europe this summer by getting married. So all of the expected goals groupies are going to have to find a new heartthrob. Jake Oscarthorpe from InfoGoal is here. Jake, how was the wedding? Were the XG robots the page boys and the bridesmaids? Is that how it worked? Yeah, yeah. They behaved themselves as well. Good. They were limited on the bar, um, so they didn't go <laughs> too crazy. Um, but yeah, we had a really nice time. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Happily Wonderful. Married. Happily married. Well, it's been days. So, uh, yeah, you know, month. Early days. <laughs> uh, looking at the top of the market then, Norwich we've mentioned at 5.5. You've got Watford at 7. Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, Burnley, West Brom all locked together at 10 or 9 to 1 in fractional. These are all sportsbook prices, but you can often get better prices on the exchange. Who stands out to you from that list? Uh, Norwich, uh, the team we've mentioned. I'll add a bit more to what Mark said. I was, they're the chief yo-yoers. This is what they do. They, they 
you know, they're really underwhelming the Premier League. They come back down and they seem to be able to put that right to the back of the minds and go again in the Championship and, and hack up. So, um, you know, you look through the squad and it is very similar to the squad that won promotion from the Championship the last time they were there. The spine's pretty much identical. Um, you've still got Timu Puki, who I think he's been in the top goal scorer running the two times he's played in the Championship, scoring over 20 goals. Um, and they've got an experienced manager who has a promotion on his CV at this level. So um, I absolutely think they're the team to beat. Um, whether I think they'll win the title or not, around 9-2, it's a little bit short for me, but I think that uh, to win promotion, that would be my angle, just just as a sort of safety net. Because at 9-2, to two, I know you get the places, uh, each way places, but you know that, that's a short price with the each way cut. So taking them to win promotion, um, if they finish fourth, fifth or sixth and go up by the playoffs, then you're kind of covered there. Um, and, and yeah, I, I just think that they are the team to beat. And, and you mentioned two others that did pique my interest, Sheffield United and Millsborough. Um, for, from a, a challenging perspective, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, I think they're real, real fantastic bets for the top six. Um, but yeah, I, I think Norwich are the team to beat this season. Now, as a Marvel fan, I love a good crossover. So I'm thrilled to say we've made a loan signing from one of the best EFL podcasts out there. Ali Maxwell from Not The Top 20, sponsored by Betfair, is with us to cast his expert eye over the three EFL divisions. Good summer so far, Ali. Plenty of golf, I heard. Uh, a lot of golf, a lot of golf, and also got married on the same day as Jake to my right, albeit to different people. So. Good. good. <laughs> I, w- I was worried there that I'd missed a big bit of news there that we were going to announce a... A joint bet. There's always there's always a good joke in professional golf that uh, players, when they get married or maybe have a children, they talk about a greater sense of perspective and being a bit more grown up and somehow that helping their uh, performance in some way. So I'm hoping to get a bit of a a sort of marriage bounce on this pod with some of these picks. I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen with Jake. I can't see that happening, but we'll see. Maybe you'll grow up one day. Who knows? Uh, Ali, who's best placed to win the championship in your eyes? I definitely think that Norwich are rightfully at the top of the market, but I certainly won't be backing them at the price. You can pick a hole in any team, in any division at this stage of pre-season, probably apart from Manchester City in the Premier League, right? Um, For Norwich, the knock is no Buendia, who was a a top 10 Premier League player playing in the Championship, completely out of place and and thrived. They've made a big signing though, right? They have, yeah. Gabriel Sara comes over from Sao Paulo, about £6 million. I'm trying not to get too excited because last summer, Borough signed an Argentinian called Martin Payero, uh, who barely played, is already back in Argentina with Boca. So I'm inclined to enjoy young South American midfielders because they're exciting to watch, but I would expect some time for him to bed in. He looks like a sort of goal-scoring number eight type. Um, They have got Temu Puki, who looks like a a pretty strong bet to score a lot of goals, a bit like Mitro was last season, a bit like Puki was the year before for me it's about Middlesbrough they're the team that I'm most bullish on at, at this moment in time at, at nine to one to win the title I think they have the best manager in the league in, in Chris Wilder and we've seen that when he gets a grip on a team and a club they can really go places now last season when he came in instantly they started to look like a Chris Wilder team they started to look quite scary for the rest of the league they did tail off I'm not worried about that They've sorted out their major areas of weakness uh, in terms of the goalkeeping issue, which which really held them back last season and at left wing back as well. And now it's just about getting strikers in. Chris Wilder's got a huge reputation for um, buying strikers left, right and centre. At the moment, he hasn't got any in. But with the Jed Spence money burning a hole in their pocket and with six weeks left of the transfer window, I'm confident enough to say they will buy three or four strikers. The names I've heard linked are pretty impressive. I'm pretty sure they're going to go off shorter than this. So I'm very keen to be on Borough because they're, for me, the, the surest thing with a couple of question marks about all the other contenders. 
Mark, a couple of questions for you. First of all, who are you looking at in that winner market? But also, when bettors are approaching this, what's the more sensible approach? Do you look at the winner market and think of some of the, the big prices on offer? Or do you go for something a bit more conservative and go for that promotion market? What's the best angle? Uh, I tend to mix and match, personally. Um, it depends on the league and, and what's, you know, who are the opponents really to what you're trying to put up. And I think in the championship sense, I think we've got a top six in the market, which you've talked about already in terms of Norwich, Watford, Burnley, West Brom, Middlesbrough and Sheffield United. They're as close to a lock as I think you're going to get. Um, I think all six have real potential to either win the league or certainly finish in the top six. And, and in that sense, it's just kind of guarding against, um, uh, yeah, I guess it's a pragmat pragmat pragmatic approach of just trying to look after your money really and getting the best best out of it and most for it. In terms of the who's going to win the league, um, I wouldn't back Norwich at the prices, but I think Watford probably should be a little bit closer towards Norwich based on what they've got right now, which is a huge squad um, with so much quality. It was a bit of a travesty to see them go down from the Premier League with the whimper and, and the way in which they did because they have so many options. The negative is obviously a, a head coach who's coming from Forest Green, who is still quite green around the years as a number one. Um, effectively, is a bit of a novice boss in the championship and he needs to be supported, but I think he's got the ingredients to be successful there. It he won't just, last long, Mark, don't worry. <laughs> that is normally the way with Watford, but I think they've probably thought a bit outside the box on this one, and I think they should really invest in him and at least wait till October and see where they're at. And I think if they get that far and sort themselves out, that squad could be quite potent. But uh, I think uh, I'm actually going to sort of piggyback on what Ali said about Middlesbrough. I think at the prices, they're the most appealing for me. They are the team in March time, which I penciled in as a potential more or less just investing in Chris Wilder, really, because the squad isn't complete at the minute, as Ali's talked about. Um, fifth in terms of expected points under Chris Wilder. Um, they're averaging almost close to 0.6 expected goals more than their opposition during his stint, which is really, really strong. Um, you look at the signings that they've made so far uh, in goalkeeper, Ryan Giles as well. Lenehan is a really strong signing too, uh, and there's more to come too. So uh, just investing in Chris Wilder and thinking if he gets the players he wants between now and September, they're going to be a real force. Ali, you've made an instant impact. The guys are stealing your homework already. Um, Ali, I wanted to ask you about Burnley because obviously there's a lot of concern around the club because of the financial aspects, maybe the aspect of that takeover, which for some is unpalatable the way it's been done. Vincent Company has gone in there, which I think surprised a few. Where are they at right now? Well, they're clearly the least fancied of the three. Um, looking at the sportsbook prices, the exchange prices... Now, they've come in a bit over the last few weeks because there was this real scaremongering to an extent around the financial situation, you know, suggestions that they were having to pay back a loan that was so big that it would wipe out um, the benefit, if you will, of those parachute payments, which allow these clubs to come down and spend um, with reckless abandon relative to the rest of the division. Um, it, it doesn't look to have had as big an impact on their summer business as people expected. And that's why they've come in a little bit over the last few weeks. Um, company's fascinating to me because of course there's really proven to be no link between being an amazing football player and an yeah. amazing manager. However, I've heard fantastic things about, particularly about the staff that he has around him. And I do believe in um, this current generation of player probably buzzing off Vincent Company being their manager and his general manner and demeanor as a leader 
does seem pretty well suited, I think, to this current generation of players. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking about a complete revamping of the style of play that Sean Dyche did so well with for five years. And it really is um, to the opposite end of the spectrum. We're expecting defenders splitting, midfielders dropping in, passing short from the back, and there may be some teething issues. I, I do think they are interesting value in the promotion um, market. On the exchange, you can get 4.4, clearly the least fancied of the three. And... For me, as much as they've made some quite interesting signings for the for the EFL follower like Scott Twine and Ian Matson on loan um, and Luke McNally from Oxford, for me it's about the core of players that are still there. The likes of Jack Cork and Brownhill and Rodriguez and Ashley Barnes. You know, these guys. I think people underrate players like that because they're not exciting and they're a little bit older and we're, we're used to them and maybe they played a certain style in the Premier League. There's no doubt they could be brilliant Championship players with the experience that they have. And if they're buying into what companies. Um, offering, I, I don't see why they they couldn't or shouldn't be. Um, I think their ceiling is as is as high as Watford and Norwich, but there's probably the lower floor for them because you could see a slight unraveling or some teething issues with the change of style. I don't think Sean Dyche and somebody who worked under Pep Guardiola for years, I don't think they're <laughs> quite close together <laughs> no. in the coaching manual, a few pages apart, maybe. Jake, in terms of who might get into the playoffs. Who do you think might sneak in that we don't necessarily expect? Who stood out in terms of the value to you? Um, good question, because I'm of the Thank same... You. Oh, yeah, you. Yeah, you do for us some very good questions. Um, I'm of the same opinion as, as Mark and, and Ali in the sense that I think that we have got six teams that are standout in this championship season. Uh, Mark's already reeled them off. Big fans of Sheffield United, unfortunately, uh, given that I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. I think that they, they've got a really, <coughs> a really strong chance of doing um, <laughs> You were well so angry again. about that, you had yeah, to I cough. Had to, <laughs> I couldn't believe I said that. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they improved drastically under under Paul Heckingbottom, similar to Middlesbrough in terms of the way their um, sort of uh, performances changed on the pitch and on the spreadsheets. Um, yeah, from a, an outsider, I think Luton they seem to be underrated again. Um, quietly done some good business, and um, you know they they were fully deserving of their place among the Championship elite last season. They ranked seventh based on expected points. They put up a really strong underlying process. They've kept core group of players. They've kept the manager. Um, and arguably strengthened. So I think they'll go close again to, to causing a few upsets, and, and they are a fairly big price to, to break into the playoffs. Mark, who's going to sneak in? Uh, I agree with Luton, actually. Um, 17 of the past 22 seasons has team, seen a team priced up at 20 to 1 or larger uh, finish in the top three. Um, and I think Luton have um, the ability to, to continue what they did last season. Uh, Kenilworth Road is a fortress. Naismith, the only major absentee. I really like the additions that they made to the squad as well, particularly in the final third. It's also forgotten about how many injuries they had at the end of last campaign when they could have um, been promoted. Um, they should be better for it this time around. But um, seeing as Jake's already taken Luton, I'll mention Millwall. Um, I know they're missing Jed Wallace, which is a massive blow. But uh, some of the additions that they have made, uh, Honeyman and Shackleton in particular, I think they're a dark horse. I think you know what you're going to get with Gary Rowett in terms of being defensively sound and solid. I think the framework is there. Potentially, they might be a little bit cautious and pragmatic at times, but um, probably missing a goal scorer but um, I think the, the signing they've made from, from Holland Fleming I don't know a huge amount about him but they're hoping that he's going to fill the shoes of Wallace but we'll wait you and see you don't know a huge amount about him <laughs> well I'm not going to pretend that I've seen him second. play every week so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah I, I think they'll be there or thereabouts in the, in the top 10 but uh, yeah I still think the top 6 is, is close to being a lock his wife was planning on them going out for dinner maybe next week, but he'll be watching videos of that kind <laughs> all week long. Ali, there's always going to be buzz about Sunderland because it's such an enormous football club. They're 7-2 to, to make the playoffs. What do we make of them? 
I find it really interesting because uh, for whatever reason, I'm not someone that really gets carried away by, by buzz about big, big clubs. It, it, it doesn't really make any difference to me. And I, I try actually to, to park the size of club when um, trying to rate teams, especially pre-season. And, and it's worked pretty well in the last few years getting against Sunderland when they've been favourites to win League One for, I think, four seasons in a row. In the end, they got up having finished fifth through the playoffs. And yet I sit here... I am genuinely quite excited about Sunderland this season. They got you in the end. It, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not only because a packed, vibrant stadium of light is a great place to play and watch football. It's because I, I, I see good things for the team. Now, I'm very aware, I think it was possibly a Mark O'Hare stat. Many of my stats are ripped from Mark. I, I know that <laughs> no promoted team from League One has finished above 15th for, I think, maybe three or four years now. I think Sunderland could challenge for that. I'm certainly not going to go as far as saying playoffs just because of the strength of that chunk of six teams at the top of the market. But I really rate Alex Neal. I think he's about as good as it gets at EFL level. Um, clearly, I've said Chris Wilder's the best manager in the league, so I can't say that about Alex Neal. Um, and they were 12 unbeaten to finish the regular season with eight wins and four draws. Neil just got in, got a grip of things tactically and out of possession. They are excellent. And they have good technical, creative players that should be good enough in the right system for the championship. They've added a few younger, more long-term signings, speculative ones, players that I rate long-term but may not have a huge impact short-term. I'm genuinely feeling pretty positive about Sunderland's chances of, of surviving comfortably and moving towards that mid-table chunk of teams. Um, within that, it's very difficult to, to find an actual placement, and I probably wouldn't go as far as to say playoffs, but um, top half, I'd certainly have a look at that market. It's time for the doomsaying now, folks. Who is going to slip through the trapdoor into League One? It's time to look at the relegation market. Mark, I want to ask you about Birmingham, all of the background nonsense about the takeover. They're 15 to 8 to go down. Are they odds you'd agree with? I think it's a fair reflection of where Birmingham are right now. Um, I think the big bonus for them is the appointment of John Eustace. But the news that we heard last week is the fact that the new owners might be looking to move him on already and find their own man, which I think would be potentially a bit of a mistake because there's a potential gem there in Eustace. Um, he's been QPR's assistant coach for a while, was courted by Watford and Swansea, and I don't think that's the... I don't think you, you know, those kind of clubs come calling unless you've got something about you. So I think he would be a, a real um, bonus for them, I think, defensively and in, in midfield. They're good enough and strong enough to keep teams at bay and sort of grind their way to safety. So, yeah, they're definitely candidates, but I think there's probably four or five, possibly six teams down there who will be scrapping for survival. So rather than sort of taking a 15 to 8, um, I was looking at kind of bigger prices uh, as a team who might drop. And I think Huddersfield, for me, stand out. Five to one. Um, they've halved in price in the last month, but I still think there's possibly a little bit of juice in there. Six of their starting 11 from Wembley in the playoff final have been sold, including obviously O'Brien and Toffolo, the, the last two, the standouts. Really, uh, Carlos Corbrand worked minor miracles to turn them around uh, from where he'd picked them up and uh, after their first season in charge to where they were last year. I still think they overperformed, overachieved. Schofield in there now is a bit of a rookie coach. I just think there's potential for a, a downturn there. And... Um, yeah, I just think the price is good enough for a team who, this time, sort of 12 months ago, we would have been looking at them as a potential shout as an outsider. Now I think they definitely are. You'll have heard a thump in the middle of that <laughs> because Jake was pointing at his pad going, I wrote that down. Come on then, Jake. As soon as he set off there with a the bigger <laughs> price, I knew he was going straight for Huddersfield. Yeah, I have to concur. Everything that, that Mark said um, is basically what I've got written down. Overperformed massively last season. Losses, I think losing the coach is probably the biggest thing because I think Corbran had got them playing um, in a way that would absolutely keep them up whether they were contending for the playoffs or not um, and we saw we, I'm not obviously the 
you know, it's no, not really a massive comparison, but we saw with Barnsley getting to the playoffs. Um, things start to change, you lose the manager, players start to leave, and they fell straight down through the trapdoor. So there's every chance of Huddersfield having the same thing happen to them. Um, and, you know, the, the issue they've got now is, as we've said, rookie manager, they have got some money to spend after selling um, key players, but they've, you know, the season starts soon and the, and the squad's really sort of makeshift at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got massive doubts about whether Huddersfield can repeat what they did last season um, finish mid-table I actually think they'll finish close to the relegation zone and 5-1 to one, um, it just looks too big compared to the rest of the teams down there It's like Dictionary Corner on Countdown when somebody comes up with an 8 and you're going yeah I had exactly the same <laughs> word it's all written down uh, Ali it's, it's just as well you've got written evidence here, yeah, yeah. it's all good uh, Ali who stands out to you? I wouldn't really put anyone off Birmingham or Reading at 15-8 to eight, even fairly skinny prices because I think that they, they both look in really poor shape. Um, Birmingham, because of all the mess off the field, um, because of the fact that John Eustace, who I think must have something about him because he's been up for a number of jobs, impressive jobs for a, for a rookie manager over the last few seasons, um, but also because their squad looks a bit of a mishmash and isn't being added to at the moment particularly strongly because of, of all the uncertainty off the field. Um, and with Reading, I don't have... Uh, any faith really in the squad um, because they're still under this strict business plan from the EFL. I don't think they're calling it an embargo this summer, which they were last summer. It means they're shopping in, in, the, bargain, uh, in the bargain bucket. And you, you can see that with all due respect in the signings that they're making, their free transfers, their loanies, that their hopeful signings rather than expectant signings. And it's left them with a squad that looks, to my eyes, desperately thin, albeit with some recognised firepower up front. So I wouldn't necessarily put anyone off, off those two. Um, and I agree with, with what the guys have said about Huddersfield, for sure. Uh, Blackpool, for me, are just the one to flag up because if you're someone like me who, who looks at a managerial departure, particularly someone like Neil Critchley, who transformed them in two years from mid-table League One club to established championship club that were way clear of relegation last season, which was a huge achievement. When a manager like that leaves there's always concern for me Michael Appleton's come in he's a manager that I respect I don't think it's an amazing fit stylistically uh, his clubs aren't nearly as good out of possession as Critchley's uh, Blackpool were so I I'm a little uneasy for, for Blackpool they're seven to two at the moment for relegation yeah, when it comes to buying trainers, my wife's put me on a strict business plan <laughs> uh, it's worth taking a look by the way at our bet five get five offer betfair offering a five pound free bet when you place a five pound bet builder on selected games this season keep your eye out on betfair's promo pages for more information t's and c's in the description 18 plus see gambleaware.org that's the championship taken care of let's take it down to league one then jake i'm going to start with you your beloved sheffield wednesday favorites to win the division why might that be? And is it right? Um, yes, I think uh, you, you, like, it's difficult, isn't it, when you're talking about your team, you don't want to come across as too bullish. Um, I'm usually the other way. My natural pessimism kicks in. Yeah, usually. well, as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, there's a lot of pessimism <laughs> because we've not really done a lot for 20 years. So, um, yeah, I, I think that we are, we, Sheffield Wednesday are the favourites, and rightly so. We's OK. Um, are we sure? It's your team. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Um, finished last season really strongly, uh, which is always a good indicator for me anyway, moving into uh, season on to season, especially when you keep the core group of players together, you keep the manager. Uh, and they've obviously strengthened as well, bringing in a, um, a couple of Rotherham players, which just, just raiding the neighbours seems to be the way forward. Um, underlying the buy-in way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it seems yeah, to yeah. be, yeah. yeah. If you can't, can't join and beat or well, buy them, it seems. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, they posted really solid underlying numbers as well last season. And I think what we are going to see, or what we saw anyway with la in League One last season, was a real sort of divide between the top 12 and the bottom 12. And I think that the three teams that have come down from the championship will just sort of re replace the three that went up in that 12 versus 12. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do see more sort of record points totals um, to, making, to making the playoffs, which I think happened last season. It was at sixth place that racked up nearly 80 points. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if we just see those top 12 beating the bottom 12 pretty much every week. Um, but I think Sheffield Wednesday, the way which they set up under Darren Moore, I think they'll be really difficult to beat when they play against the rest of that top 12. Um, and I think that they are absolutely uh, rightly favourites. Again, at the short price, similar to what I said about Norwich, I won't be looking back in them in the winner market just in case you get someone else who has a really unbelievable season. Instead, just taking them for promotion. Um, and just, just trusting that they'll get out of the division at this, this opportunity in this time. I think they're about six to four, maybe slightly bigger for promotion. Um, that, for me, would be my League One nap. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's very difficult when you're talking about your, your own team. You don't want to get too carried away, but I'm expecting, at the very least, um, a, a, a very least a playoff final win, um, at best, a league title. Ali Darby's financial issues, well documented last season. Wayne Rooney think did a respectable job that seems to be the general consensus he's gone off to coach DC United Liam Rosinia the manager that makes me feel really old because I used to interview Leroy Rosinia for club call Ali what shape are they in they're in transitional shape but having made some impressive moves I think over the last few weeks it, it never ceases to astound me how quickly a team can go from an existential crisis where there is a strong chance of liquidation to just looking like a normal team going through their summer business and adding That's players. Football. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people looking at the, the the sorts of players that they're signing. A lot of a lot of experienced players at championship level, the likes of Conor Harahan, for example, who people recognise as being second tier players. A lot of players, I would say, who are probably on the way down, coming towards the end of their career rather than the way up. You, you can see why they would take this approach because they have a whole squad to build. And they've also kept some, so far anyway, some of their younger talents from last season. And the likes of Max Bird and Jason Knight in particular, key men in what was a good campaign under the circumstances where they would have finished, what, 16th, 17th without the points deduction. Um, if those guys can stay, if they can put their head down and, and take um, Derby's sort of resurrection seriously, then there's no reason why they shouldn't be challenging right at the top. I still just feel a little uncertain uh, about it all. Um, I, I'm certainly, I was a m very doom and gloom about four weeks ago, uh, and now I'm, I'm certainly wouldn't be getting against them, but I'm just a bit more certain about others at the top of the market. So I'll just be leaving Derby alone uh, in terms of punting and just hoping that we see a strong Derby County on the pitch. Mark, who stands out to you in the winner market and beyond that in the promotion market? Uh, there's four teams I really like the look of. Um, Jake's touched on Wednesday, so I won't. Um, Ipswich, Peterborough and Bolton uh, are the three others who I really like in sort of uh, various markets. Ipswich, I think, have been a force since McKenna took charge. Um, I liked them last year. They went out and spent loads of money on loads of quality players. The system didn't suit them. Paul Cook didn't really get a handle on that squad quick enough, really. I think he seemed to really miss his, his right-hand man in Liam Richardson. And things unraveled pretty quickly and pretty ugly there. But uh, as soon as McKenna came in, uh, stamped his imprint on the team, they played with a, you know, I wouldn't say a robotic style, but they took control of games, strangled teams. Um, the question is, do they have enough craft and, and conversion in the final third to really be the force that potentially they could be? I think 
time will tell, but I think potentially by September time we'll get a better idea of what they've got available to them. And they're two to one to be promoted, which I like. Uh, Peterborough, you know, that's sort of a we like to think of them as a bit of a yo-yo team, but I think Grant McCann has experience of winning the title with Hull in similar circumstances. Johnson Clark Harris is staying; he's the captain now. Um, which is a, uh, a big plus. Goals are never really a problem for Posh. Um, expect fun games, plenty of firepower there. But uh, Bolton would be the one, 8-5 to five for a top six finish, which stood out to me. Uh, they're a team who have been, I wouldn't say in transition, but have been sort of turning over players at a really fast rate since Ian Everett went in there in a, as a League Two team. But uh, there's continuity there in the squad now. I think defensively they have improved immeasurably under his tutelage. I think going forward they can be a threat. Um, if you look at the squad, there's plenty of ability there. They ended the season with 14 wins from 22, lost just three times. So if you look at them from sort of winter time, they would have been contenders. Um, and now I think with a settled squad, the fans are behind them. Just a team that looks like to be moving in the right direction. Away form will require a bit of improvement, but um, ultimately I think they can be contenders. And I think the top six would be yeah, well within their reach. Ali, who might make the playoffs that we haven't mentioned? Are there any sleeper sides that might sneak in there? Uh, annoyingly, the guys have, have, have kind of touched on mine. I think there's definitely some juice in, in posh. On the exchange, at the time of recording, you can get a tiny bit of 12.5, 12.0 for the title. Um, for me, it comes down to, I think this could be the most Peterborough United season of all time. I think they, they could easily, with the firepower that they have and the manager that they have, score 85, 90 goals, which means you, you have to be up there. Uh, I don't think they'll control games in the same way that Ipswich do. And, and in my personal 1-24s, to 24s, uh, Ipswich are, are the, the likely title winners for me uh, and a short price to do so, of course. So uh, I kind of like the, the same guy, uh, the same that these guys do. Um, it, it is really a league of haves and have-nots. So it's very difficult to, to find a flyer from from those priced up as being bottom half teams because it's just such a leap um, to even get into the top half, let alone the top six. Um, in terms of top six, I'll just be taking Posh at 11 to 10 personally in that market because I think their firepower is enough that um, even if it's so tough to predict the top two, there's four or five teams that, that have a great chance. I just, I, I really trust Posh to get it right and be in that top six. Jake, any shocks? Um, I think it's a slight long shot. Charlton could be interesting. Um, Ali mentioned about the fact that if you score loads of goals, you're usually round there or thereabouts. Um, and they've appointed Ben Garner, who at Swindon, his Swindon team were contended regularly because they scored an absolute hatful of goals, um, massively attack-minded approach. And, and that could lead to a pretty strong campaign. I think they've strengthened um, interestingly as well, in a few degrees, like the likes of Chuck Zanike, Steve Sessignon, Harry Arter, um, you know, potential, potential to improve them drastically on what happened last season. And, um, they were fancied quite heavily at the start of last season with um, Nigel Adkins. So it'd uh, be interesting to see if they can turn that, that fortune around and, and sort of surge into the top six. Um, I just thought six to one for them to be promoted was interesting because it's the kind of team that if you gather a bit of steam towards the back in the last season, uh, this season, you can see them going up through the playoffs with the amount of goals that they score. It's a surprise to no one that Mark O'Hare loves the stat. And Mark, you put a stat up about very few clubs being promoted to League One, go straight back down. So if we look at the relegation market in League One, presumably that plays into your thinking, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And I think Morecambe were the last team to obviously upset the odds. They would have been odds on at this time 12 months ago to, to go straight back down. And they somehow survived. And um, you know, Morecambe probably one of the smallest teams to ever play at the third tier level. So if they can do it, why can't the rest? And if you look at some of the teams who came up last year, Cambridge absolutely thrived in their first season up. And they were expected to 
to really suffer. So yeah, I, I tend to try and look away. It's like in all all, all leagues, really. You look at the uh, the relegated teams; um, they'll tend to be towards the top of the market. And you look at the promoted teams; they'll be towards the bottom of the market. That's just how it is, really. So you've got to try and sort of wade your way through that. So I tend to try and ignore them because I do think the I hate the word momentum, but I do think it does carry a lot of uh, positives for teams coming up, um, as we saw last year. So. I think the one obvious one for me, the price isn't fantastic, but Cheltenham at 13 to 8 to go down uh, would be a concern. Another team on a small budget who came up last year and consolidated, but the man behind the scenes, uh, Duff, has left and it's second season syndrome for me there. Uh, Wade Elliott's been sort of promoted from within, which is fine, but I just think they've picked up quite a few injuries in pre-season recently. Flinders and Boyle have, been, have gone. There's interest in Alfie May as well. Uh, conceded 80 goals last season as well. 50 of them came away from home. So there's a lot to try and improve upon there. And I think the league, to me, looks a little bit stronger this time around. And I think Cheltenham will be going backwards. 13 to 8 isn't exactly going to you know, pay for Christmas. but um, Depends uh, how you much put on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll talk a lot throughout these shows really about coaches and managers and who I trust and who I don't trust and, and Duff would be one of those towards the top end of that list and I think without him that's a big big hole for Cheltenham to fill. Ali, I can see you nodding there. Who's standing out to you in this market? Yeah, well I said it about Blackpool in the championship section. Neil Critchley left. I consider him to have been the reason for their uptick in fortunes over the last two years. I see no reason why they should stay around where they finished last season with Critchley having left because I think uh, they leave such a big hole behind and that's the exact same logic to apply with Cheltenham um, but actually probably um, with a squad that's even weaker for the level than Blackpool's is at championship level. I'm, I'm very concerned about them. I mean four relegation places for League One. It's a horrible place to be a, a weak side because you know it's such a large trap door to use that cliche. Um, I am going to take Take on the, the stat about uh, promoted teams not getting relegated straight away. And I think there's definitely some value in Forest Green at 21 to 10 um, to be relegated. We've spoken about how this is a, a, a league of haves and have nots. So really, you're looking at 12 teams for four spots. It's hard to avoid them, to be quite honest with you. Um, with Forest Green, the main issues are they've lost their manager, who did such a fantastic job last season, Rob Edwards up to Watford. They've lost arguably their three or at least three of their five um, key men in, in uh, Wilson, the right wing back, Cadden, the left wing back. All their attacks came from wide and Ibu Adams, two of those moving straight to the championship, which gives you an idea of the quality that they had at League Two level. And they had such a tiny squad last season, only used about 14, 15 players very fortunate with injuries I don't expect that to be the case this year they have moved to replace these guys but not with tons and tons of, of proven League One players and the manager has changed Ian Birchnell comes in from Notts County where consensus is he played some pretty football he did some nice stuff he talks a good game but I'm a bit worried they're going to get eaten alive um, by some of the big dogs in League One this season and at 21 to 10 a longer price than the next uh, who I think come up in, in much sturdier shape uh, I think that has to be value for me as somebody who spent much of his formative youth in Gloucestershire, this has turned into an awful section <laughs> for me. Cheltenham and Forest Green both going down, but if they both go down, we can still have El Glossico next season. Jake, who's going down? Uh, little to add, really, from the guys. I've Next to relegation, I've got no bet written for League One, just because I think it's really difficult to call. As Ali said, you're basically looking at 12 teams for four places. Um, and if you know if, if you like betting on slightly bigger prices, throw a few darts at some bigger prices um, because you know Morecambe, as we said, I think at five to six on the sports book, there's every chance that they defy the odds again and stay up, and then all of a sudden you've got a slightly bigger price team going down. So um, yeah, because it's so drastically split in half this league, it's really difficult to call. 
And as we always say, it's nothing wrong with not having a bet if there's nothing you fancy. This football season, you can get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Right, let's do it all again for League Two. Stockport won promotion from the National League last season. Six to one favourites to win League Two. Ali, explain that to me. Well, the gap between the top of the National League and the and mid-table League Two is is pretty negligible right now. Some of the teams at the top of the National League have bigger budgets than most in League Two. Um, up until this season, at least, the financial restrictions on teams in the National League in terms of squad spend um, were, were minimal, whereas in League Two, you may not believe it, there are actually rules in place to stop teams spending, albeit uh, many of them get round it in, 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 in creative ways. And Stockport, along with the high-profile Wrexham, were the team in, in the National League who evidently had cash to spend and did so building an exceptional squad. Um, then hired Dave Challoner, a manager from Hartlepool from League Two, plucked him back down to National League level, which again showed intent because that's not a move generally a manager would make. Uh, and as soon as Challoner arrived a couple of months into last season, they became an absolute winning machine. They picked up points at an insane rate uh, to win that division uh, and were comfortably the, the strongest team. Uh, and, and therefore, if there's not a huge gap, um, and clearly the, the, the ratings, the bookies' ratings agree with that, um, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a very, very strong team at this level as well. They flex their muscles, um, buying a few uh, known quantities at League Two level, like Callum Camps, and and I think cherry picking some of the best from the National League as well. So with Challoner in charge, who has an exceptional record over ten years of lower league management uh, and this strong, sturdy squad with with options in all areas, I think everyone just expects them to keep on rolling. Jake, top end of the league, what we're we looking at? Yeah, fully agree with Stockport. Um, definitely would again short price, maybe looking at taking them to, for promotion. Um, Defence really solid last season, We've got a shrewd manager in charge, um, summer recruitment's been very impressive. Uh, as Ali said, they've sort of cherry-picked some of the best from the National League, which I think, um, you know, going off what he said in terms of the gulf or the gap between League Two and the National League is not very big at all. There are a few hidden gems in there um, that could thrive at that level. Um, elsewhere, I thought Gillingham were a little bit interesting, around 16-1 to 1 to win the league. Um, I That's part of the tourist board's promotional material, isn't it? <laughs> Gillingham, a little bit Quite interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Neil Harris is in charge. He's obviously spent most of his or last five years in the in the championship, and um, you know they, they was brought in at the back end of last season when they were really struggling, and he improved them drastically, um, particularly defensively, which I think stands the teams in very good stead uh, at League Two level. Um, it's usually the better te defensive teams are towards the top end of the league. Didn't he do an interview towards the end of the season where he absolutely slated everyone, yeah. a lot of the players and said he wanted to get rid of them? I have to jump in and say that I, I'd be backing Gillian for relegation only Ooh. because fight, fight, there's, fight. A, there's a few reasons for this that aren't necessarily specific to Gillingham or Neil Harris. It's more uh, a, a stat that Mark tweeted out yesterday, which is that in eight of the last nine completed League Two seasons, a team priced up at 10 to one or larger has been relegated. And if you look at the teams that did get Get relegated that were not expected to be relegated by the bookies there is a bit of a trend of something of a spiral uh, and I think Gillingham could be a threat for this because although I respect Neil Harris a lot the fact is they've only got about 13 senior players with less than a week before the season starts Harris came in pretty hot didn't he with some of his criticisms of the way the club was being run and of the squad that he inherited and as far as I can see from the outside 
can't be happy with the backing that he's getting um, in, in building a squad to go straight back up. My concern would be if Harris, who is th theoretically too good to be a League Two manager anyway, thinks, actually, I don't need this. I don't need this stress and, yeah. and I don't need a League Two relegation battle. And that would leave a, a void that would really concern me. So it was more betting on, on the trend and the speculative play. It's not... I'm not proud of, of trying to predict a meltdown or a spiral for a club. It's not a nice thing to see, but it is something we've seen quite a lot in League Two over the last few years. Uh, and I, I would be a little concerned with it for Scunthorpe. So, uh, uh, sorry, for Gillingham. Scunthorpe are a previous example. Um, that <laughs> Poor is, old that, that's, why, that's why at that price for relegation, Jills did catch my eye. So, Jake, we return to the smoking <laughs> ruin of your tip. Yep. Defend your tip. Come on. Uh, well, I respect everything Ali's saying. Um, there's absolutely... I think That's not how it works. You can <laughs> fight by setting absolute respect. Hey, listen, we got married on the same day. Oh, of we're, course. We're yes, best friends. Um, what price are the Gillingham to be relegated, just out of interest? Uh, I have in my notes here 14 to 1 on the sports book. Yeah, so I mean, it, that kind of says it all, really. 14 to 1 to be promoted, 14 to 1 to be relegated. Uh, 16 to 1 promote, uh, to win the league, 14 to 1 to be relegated. There's obviously yeah. six weeks at least left in the transfer window. Yeah. Teams do act late, and, and all of a sudden they might have a very healthy looking squad of 22 with a manager that we rate. So, you know, there's. Yeah, yeah. We're still, we're still playing a guessing game even at this stage. Um, you know, it was only a couple of seasons ago where the transfer window, I think it was only for the Premier League, where it was actually stopped before the start of the season. Yeah. Um, that obviously didn't really make much of a difference in the Premier League. Um, but, but then they realised all of the European leagues went on later. Yeah. And so so they started really cherry work. picking, yeah. yeah. But for League Two, obviously, we get underway very early this season. Um, and ultimately, you've got to factor in the, the, you know, if some players from Gillingham might move on, create more spend that they can then reinvest, as we're probably going to see with Middlesbrough in the Championship, um, then all of a sudden it could be a different proposition. But I've, yeah, it, they are a team that could go either way. I think if Neil Harris stays, I'd expect them to be closer to the top end of the league um, than the bottom end. Um, and, you know, we are looking at 16-1 to 1 to win the league. To finish in the top seven, you're probably looking around 2-1, to 1, which probably would be closer to what I'd be looking at um, with a bit of security. Um, yeah, I just think that the way in which he can defensively organise a team and make them really difficult to beat, I don't expect them to be losing that many games if you can get a squad together. Um, and I think they could be a potential dark horse um, to bounce straight back. And, and ultimately, you know, he took over when they were in an absolute rot in League One. They were really struggling. I think they, they were on like a 14-game winless run or something along those lines. Um, and he did sort of steady the ship a little bit. They only conceded 18 goals in 18 games, and that was at League One level. So if he can do that there, then uh, I'm very confident that he can do that in, in, in the lower level. Uh, it's just a case of, as Ali made the you know, really good points, the fact that things could go sour quite quickly um, if he doesn't get what he wants. Um, and you know, you have to factor in as well that there might be a managerial sacking higher up the divisions that might come and poach him as well. So uh, there are a few risks with that selection, but I think there is, there's quite a bit of upside if they can get things right. Now, I tend to throw the great existential betting questions at the philosopher that is Mark O'Hare. This one is going to be, there's a really important point here, isn't there? The guys have alluded to it already that this is early and you're going to get transfers, you're going to get changes to teams. So what do you do as a better? Do you just back yourself and think, well, I, I'll get this price now because I think it might tumble because if they've got cash to spend, that's going to come in. So get in now. Or do you do the reverse of that with some other teams and look at it and think, no, I don't fancy them at all. How do you do it? How do you approach it? Um, yeah, I think the Gillingham ones is a is a great um, a great example, really, because I would be more positive and negative about Gillingham because of Neil Harris and 
whilst right now they are in a bit of a pickle, I think by the time that September, October, November rolls around, they are the kind of team, um, or he is the kind of coach, that when he gets his hands on something and gets them turning around in the right direction, they will go on a good run. Uh, I remember his Millwall team, when they came down to League One, were basically nowhere for the first eight to 12 weeks. And then finally they clicked into gear and they were fantastic. And um, I think Gillingham possibly would be one of the teams you would kind of hold off on, uh, potentially until September, October, when the squad is starting to form. They probably started slowly, um, probably got a bit of a negative kind of uh, mood around the camp. That's probably the time to back them. Whereas Middlesbrough, the team we mentioned earlier, aren't the finished article right now, but we're expecting them to be that way in six weeks' time. So that's a price that will contract, whereas I think Gillingham are potentially a price which will go the other way. So, yeah, it's playing it by by what you see right now and trying to pre-predict what's going to happen in the coming weeks. And look, it's very, very... This is the, very, uh, the exchange, right? That you can, yeah. Prices will change. If you're in a good position, you might be able to trade out, protect yourself, make sure you can't lose anything. That's what you yeah. do, isn't it? And also from a negative perspective as well, we've had a few quite a few, too many examples really in the last five or six seasons of teams imploding with financial issues coming to the fore and points deductions playing into things. And if you get a handle on something early doors on any of these teams who might be you know, in a bad situation, potentially going into administration, you need to act early because it's, it's not going to take long for that price to just completely collapse or even not be offered. So um, yeah, it's just trying to be a step ahead of the game and trying to have an idea about what certain teams are going to try and achieve. And I, I, there's a team in League Two right now who I really like, but I know that they're certainly not finished in, in terms of they're not the finished article. They probably won't win the league, but I think Leighton Orient uh, are seven to four to finish in the top seven. I see them as an improver throughout the campaign. I think they've got a coach in Richie Wellens who is one of the best in the league. He's probably a bit too honest for his own good at times, but he's incredibly ambitious. Um, he's a great leader. He's a good tactically as well. I think we saw a massive impact when he took over from... Uh, Kenny Jacket last season, obviously poles apart in their philosophies and their approach, but seven wins from 11 after he arrived just showed the impact he made. He's not happy with the squad he's got right now. There's been a few injuries in the camp, but I do think there's solid foundations there. I think he's the kind of guy I want to invest in. He did win the title with Swindon, um, playing some great football. And I think if he gets what he wants in the next six to eight weeks, I think Orient will be a real force and, and real sort of contenders for top three, let alone top seven. Um, but I, I think they're one of the teams who might be sort of sleeping there towards the top end of the market. Ali, who's sneaking into the top seven for you? Well, I think that Northampton are being a little bit disrespected. Um, they would have been promoted automatically last season were it not for Bristol Rovers playing at home to Scunthorpe on, on the last day and the, the the perfect storm, if you will, meaning that Bristol Rovers got the 7-0 win. Um, pretty much unprecedented scenes in English football that and Northampton were rightly feeling quite hard done by. There was a lot of chat about them, you know, it being so traumatic that they wouldn't be able to uh, approach the playoffs. I don't think that even really happened. They did lose in the semi-final to Mansfield, but they didn't look like a team that had given up or, or were feeling particularly hard done by. I think there's going to be a real uh, FU mentality, if you will, for Northampton this season. I think that can be incredibly powerful as a motivating factor. Um, I didn't know much about manager John Brady this time last season, so I was kind of anti-cobblers at that point. I now know a bit more about John Brady, and I like what I know. Uh, I think that they were considered to be overachieving for large parts of last season. They were certainly outperforming their XG, keeping a lot more clean sheets than uh, maybe their 
underlying numbers suggested. But then people missed, actually, that in the last chunk of the season, they improved going forward, they improved their threat from open play, and they found a way of playing that, that was a bit more exciting and, and I think lends itself to a proper automatic promotion push this time uh, this season. So I'm feeling pretty good for, for Cobblers. I think you can get, uh, is it 3-1 to one on them to win promotion, uh, which I think is is um, but more than more than value. Uh, unfortunately, for the 23rd year in a row, I like Mansfield as well, and they've burned me many times. <laughs> but I think at 11 to one to win the league, uh, Mansfield are probably my best value pick on that front. 12 to five for promotion as well, which really does appeal to me. Consider Stockport was six to four. I think Mansfield have got all the tools really to go really really strong club record ticket sales as well this season a settled squad Nigel Clough quality head coach title winning form from late October fantastic home form as well but probably like you Ali I've backed in the last two or three years and, and been burnt so um, yeah fingers crossed they fix things this time around isn't that a good example of not letting bias cloud your judgment as a punter just you should almost treat treat like take away team names yeah. don't worry about anything that's happened before and you've got to trust your instincts if you think that you have a good way of rating a team you think that you have more knowledge than the market you have to act on it even if you have those bad memories yes get rid of the baggage that's the way to do it Jake who's going down um it's always tricky in League Two. There's only two places, so you do get quite generous prices, um, obviously. And, and one of those is um, Hartlepool. I think they could be in a bit of bother this year. Uh, you're looking at around nine to two on the sports book. Um, they finished last season really poorly, um, and from an underlying number standpoint, only Scunthorpe had a worse attacking process. Scunthorpe um, have had so much negativity yeah. on this show. They're not even <laughs> in the AFL anymore. Oh, there's another one. Oops. Sorry, Scunthorpe. Um, yeah, Hartlepool, 0.85 expected goals for per game, which is the as I said, only the second worst in the league. Um, key departure is a massive problem. So I think it could be a really long season for uh, for Hartlepool. And 9-2 and to two is quite a chunky price. Ali, who's going? I, I'm a little concerned about Hartlepool as well, just because they, they've signed a manager, uh, they've hired rather a manager in Paul Hartley, uh, who comes down from Scotland with a decent reputation as a, as a motivator, as a man manager, but has very much taken a, a specific I am recruiting from the Scottish lower leagues approach, which um, as a, I'm very ignorant about the lower leagues of Scottish football, but just general, that is something of a red flag for me, particularly if it doesn't start well, because then you get into a position where were the manager to leave, um, another manager joins who probably won't fancy those players based on what we know about um, other managers. So I, I'm pretty concerned about Hartlepool um, and I mentioned Gillingham as well. It's tough in League Two with only two relegation spots. I don't think there's a load of value in, in the market at the top end uh, and very much in particular, I fancy the two teams priced up to be the worst in the league, which are Barrow and Stevenage, to be a lot better than that. So um, at a longer price, you can kind of make a case for a lot of them. But I'll stick with, with Jill's, just uh, my sort of spiral theory there in operation. Is another red flag for Hartlepool the fact that the manager's called Paul Hartley? Yeah, it, it's, it is Paul Hartlepool. Paul Hartley managing Hartlepool. United. Could be a good thing. Marketing campaign. <laughs> Ali's inbox, by the way, is filling up with angry letters from people in Fife and Alloa and <laughs> places like that. Uh, you, I actually should say I have a, a, a Scottish mole. I do my research. So if I don't know about these players, I make sure I ask someone who does. Well, there you and go. he did not give a glowing <laughs> report on a lot of these guys. So I am outsourcing some of my concern for Hartlepool to uh, my Scottish mole, who's uh, not keen on some of those signings. The Ali Maxwell network in operation there. Mark, who is slipping through to the National League. Concerns for Hartlepool, concerns for Harrogate, but the two I've picked out are bigger prices. Uh, Colchester, a 5-1 to one on the exchange. Uh, really bleak campaign before Wayne Brown came in, brought them to safety. The process has been in the bottom six, really, for the last two seasons. They've been 
really pretty poor and pretty uninspiring. Little to suggest there's going to be a massive change in their fortunes. An ageing squad that lacks kind of any X factor. I just think they're slightly overrated compared to the likes of Stevenage and, and Barrow, as Ali mentioned. But kind of leeching on to the idea of Gillingham having a poor season, I think Crew at 7-1 to one are not far away from a potential disaster. Um, some massive, massive holes in that squad. All the star kids over the last couple of years have moved on. There is a new breed coming through, as there always is with crew, but there's been quite poor recruitment in the past 12 to 18 months. A rookie coach in there at the minute now as well. The defence is lacking bodies, just massive holes in that squad. And I don't think, well, we know the double demotion isn't uncommon either. And I think crew, for me, would be a better fit for that at seven to one. What a beautifully downbeat way to end the show. That's all we have time for on this EFL edition of New Season Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Keep an eye out for our European League previews and, of course, our Premier League preview. And remember our website, betting.betfair.com, that will have weekly previews of the Championship, League One and League Two. So that is well worth checking out from jake from ali from mark and from me it's goodbye for now 